0: As Roger comes i um I just want to say what a privilege it is to be partners in kingdom work all over the world and um, this is my brother from another mother, and um we we have the same father, but uh God has blessed us. Uh, through Rogers and through Rachel and their family. And uh, what a joy it is uh, to be able to partner with them and what they're doing. And um, God bless you, brother. I know that um, when God laid it on your heart to go uh, to Kenya and to um, take care of orphans, um, what an amazing thing that is. And um, this man right here is a dangerous person. This man right here is a dangerous person because God is using them in a mighty way to impact lives for Jesus. And um, I just want to pray for you, if I might. And uh, I would ask that we just listen to uh, Rogers and what God has put on his heart. He's going to give us an an update on the work there, but also just uh, maybe preach to us. So um, I know that God is is, uh, going to be Uh, served and and blessed in this. But let's pray together. Loving Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you for his family. I thank you uh, for his extended family. I thank you for all that you are doing in and through their lives. I thank you, Father, for raising up people like Rogers and Rachel who are willing to travel um, and willing to stand uh, on your word. Father, I pray for Rogers even this morning as he speaks I ask, Father, that you would just, uh, your Holy Spirit would put in him the words to say. And, Father, that even as he speaks, that, Father, we would hear your voice. And, Father, what a joy it is to have them here. We look forward to uh, a time when we can share in their country. And, Father, we know that you are in and through all things. Father, thank you for this time. I pray your blessing upon it. And I ask, God, that you would just enrich uh, Roger's And Rachel, in every way possible. Father, thank you for their sons, Nate and Ben. And I I ask, Father, that as they grow, they would continue uh, to know you uh, better. And, Father, what a joy it is to see them growing and flourishing. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask that you would guide us in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, nobody gives a greater hug than this man right here. He's a hugger.
1: Good morning, Memorial people. Morning. It's always hard on me whenever we come back here. Seven years ago, you guys sent us to Kenya. God did through you. And every time we come home, I still remember that day. So excuse my tears, please. But have you ever been to a place, you had all these dreams and all these plans, and then you, you get there, and nothing seemed to be working? You wanted to go to this place and do ABCD, and you realize the moment you get there, your ABCDs is never going to work. That's what exactly happened to us seven years ago after you guys sent us to Kenya to go start orphanages or children's homes, if you may call them. We go to the country. And the government says, actually, even the children's homes that we have, we want to shut them down. So I don't think we're going to allow you to bring in any new children's homes or orphanages, whatever you call them. Because the best place for a child to live in is with the family. And everyone in this world has a relative somewhere. And I told Rachel, man, we have failed. We can not do what we came to do. Why are we here then? By the way, Rachel and the kids gave me their blessing to stand here and talk on their behalf. So they're sitting back here. They said, you go say it all. And if you haven't had my keys already, if you, do, if you did, I'm just going to add up a few things that they didn't say. If you haven't had them this morning, then this is what they would say. So we started going to church, and as we were going there, we began asking ourselves, could there be any orphan child in this congregation, and this was in Kenya, that maybe we could be a minister to? Because if we cannot start orphanages, why did we come to Kenya? Yesterday was August the 3rd, correct? And I think that's when, seven years ago, our first four, we call them MKKs, God had provided sponsorship for them to go to school. So yesterday was really a great day in the history of Maisha Kamili. We began seeing kids in the church that they were orphans and nobody was willing to step up and take them to school. Because in Kenya, education is not free. Even in the public schools that they say is free, still you have to pay money in order to get education. So we started trusting God together with them that should God be willing, let he provide a way for them to have their education. Because in Kenya, if you didn't go to school, your life ends there. You will be living, but you cannot be productive in any way or fashion. Having that high school certificate, if you will call it, is very important in Kenya. So the orphan child then, is left behind because his father or mother is not there to take them to school. Nobody is willing to take the financial burden to see them get their education. And that is what we are witnesses in Kenya. Seeing God taking the orphan child to school and providing for that child so that they don't say, if my father or my mother was here, this could not happen. And if you're listening, you have heard me say, I didn't say this is what we are doing in Kenya. I am saying we are witnessing God doing this. Because last time I was here, I said we're not doing anything in Kenya. We're still not doing anything. We're still just there witnessing God doing his thing for his own glory, and we are just witnesses. And then we come back here and give you a testimony of what his looks like. Because I wish we could capture the moment when an orphan child hears that God has provided a way for you to go to school. It's like they're being born again. We say at Maestro Kamili, our greatest joy is to offer these orphans a hope for the future through a relationship with the man, Jesus Christ. I'm here today to say that in September of this year, One of those kids that we picked seven years ago is graduating to become a physician's assistant. And this guy is the happiest camper in the world today. Jim and Monica, you will remember the Chome boys. Today I'm standing here to give a testimony that their elder brother, Jophet, graduated last year from college with a bachelor's degree in education and he's teaching today. The tailors, those people. I'm here to say that Emmanuel This is his second year working, earning his own money. He's standing on his own two feet because you listened to God and met his need. This is our job in Kenya, just to sit there and witness the amazing work that God is doing. Last time we were here, we talked about Texas Baptist men donating a water rig so that we could drill some boreholes. Memorial Baptist Church, you gave $10,000 to have this thing shipped to Kenya. Listen very carefully. It has created a big, big, good problem for me. Last year, these guys actually came to Kenya. They taught me and other guys how to drill water. There's one borehole at my mom's house today, And when there was a huge drought in the country, this was the only borehole that the entire community could come and get free water. Praise God for that. Now I'm trusting God to provide these eight more communities. They need boreholes. What are we going to do with that? That's your problem to work on now. God provided, he created a very good problem, now we need boreholes, people need the living water, they drink the water that we drill, and out of that, they know there's a God who loves them, because if he can offer them free drinking water, what else can he not offer them? We still do master life, discipleship. We go back in September 9th. We have to start book four with this church that God has blessed us with. Pastor Shadrach said these words. It's one thing to see people coming, filling these pews here. And it's another thing, seeing God's people starting walking their faith because you have taught them how to read scripture. That's what we call growth. And Rachel and I were sitting there just watching God growing his kingdom for his own glory and praise. Before I read scripture, I'll tell you why we come then. Why Why are we here? Number one, we miss the convenience. Don't get me wrong. Life is hard on the other side of the world. For the ice cream lovers, the ice cream we have in Kenya is not creamy enough. So we better have a reason to come back. Eat some blueberry ice cream. (laughs) Number two. We are coming back to remind you that God is still walking there, and we need you to physically come there. I was so thrilled when Joel told me he's coming with Ridge and some other people here to put their feet where we walk in every day. I was like, what a day that would be. You guys know what it means when you go to a mission trip and you're working with a team that is on the ground. That is the time that we feel fired up. Because until you come, we just serve and serve and serve and serve and we get worn out. So please, come. Come, all of you, to Kenya. I know you have been coming in your prayers, you've been coming in your finances. I want you. <laughs> I pray that you come there, feel and touch Kenya. When these kids, they see you, they know that we talk about people from Memorial Baptist Church, they pray for you. but when Jim and Monica were there, did you see those kids when you came? I believe they did. You're looking at the kids. It's like a new thing has happened here, because actually, now they are meeting somebody they have heard about, they are praying for them. Oh, this is a real person. And it's a greater joy for my Rachel when he sees you in Kenya, experiencing the same kind of life she's going on through every day. I remember the very first time my father-in-law came. I pick him up at the airport at 1 in the morning. He's like, I can't wait to have a bath. I said, sorry, dude, there's no water in the house. There have never been water for a month in the city. He's like, huh? We have water today, 24-7. So come, but it won't be hot. We don't, uh, don't have those yet. But come and experience life with us. Come and love on these kids right there. They need to see you as much as they hear about you. Come and encourage us. You're encouraging us daily. We need you on the ground today. Third, pray and pray and pray that God now can continue providing so that this big, good problem that I have, those eight communities can also have drilled boreholes to get drinking water. We have the rig there. We just need the finances to go buy the pumps and all it takes to get a borehole and people to have water. You can ask me later how much it costs and all that. I'd be happy to share with us. Seven years ago today, we have 56 Maisha Kamili kids that God has provided and is still providing for them to get their education. Isn't that something for us to be thankful for? Enough of Maisha Kamili. Let's read scripture. If you need to hear more, I heard that as lunch. I believe if you want them to listen to you, give them food. Come eat lunch with us. We're going to explain and answer all the questions you have. Rachel is here with all the answers. Mine talking, questions, answers are with Rachel. (laughs) She has the stuff. I talk the stuff. So come eat lunch with us. We'll be happy to answer everything that maybe you have. Now, let's turn to the real deal here, God's word. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ. I know you're sitting here at Memorial Baptist Church. You have the great preachings here. You have the great discipleship here. You have all that, but I don't know where you are personally in your walk with Jesus Christ. At Maestro Camille, we say we're challenging these kids to have a future, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if I may pause and ask this simple question this morning, what does your future look like? I suppose I will hear things like the following one. From this section here, the youngsters, they would say, after I get my, my degree, I'm hoping to get a big job, make tons of money, and live the American dream. That's what I would hear from that section, probably. I don't know. If I turn over here, maybe they will say, "You know, I have a very good retirement plan, and I'm waiting to buy my dream house at the beach and live, enjoying every sunrise." I don't know. Some of you maybe will say, "What is there to hope for? I'm just waiting to die. This world is full of evil. There's nothing good out of it. So, what is there for? I don't have no future." This morning, I want to challenge all of you to the real future that we need to be striving, looking forward to that. And this future comes only. I don't care whether you're going to say that I'm so narrow-minded because I'm going to narrow it down to this simple, specific way of getting this future. And this future is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I have to share this. Sorry, Americans, brothers and sisters. We are talking to some people last Thursday. They're interested in going to missions. But they're so scared about these little things which don't count anything in the real life. life. If I get beaten by a mosquito in Kenya, am I going to die? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Aren't you dying here every day without mosquitoes? You know, I can't leave, I can't, can't, I'm like, take away all these unnecessary things, just chill and listen to what God is saying to you, and be obedient to that. I know in this country, there's the dangerous poisonous snakes I've ever seen in my life. They beat you if you don't get medication, you're dead in 15 minutes, right? A mosquito bite won't kill you. You may get sick, Maybe. So I told them, don't worry about the mosquitoes. Yes, they're going to beat you. They're going to bite you. There's so many of those there in Kenya. But if God wants you there, He'll find you, He'll bring you there. And He's going to take care of you plus the mosquito bites. What does your future look like, you people? I mean, As I said I said, I don't know where you are with your walk with Christ, but it's my prayer and belief that as we are going to look at God's word this morning, the words of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 will become alive and real to you wherever you are in your walk with Christ because the Bible says all scripture is God's Breath, or it's inspired by God, and it's good for teaching. So maybe some of you need to be taught a little bit. I don't know. I pray to God while we do what he needs to do. It is good for reproof. This is rebuking. If I need to be rebuked, I pray that Scripture is going to rebuke me this morning. It's good for correction. Maybe I think that I'm going to Dallas, but I'm going this way. I need to turn around and start going. I believe Dallas is that way. Start going that way. The word of God is good for training in all righteousness. You cannot, I cannot be righteous on my own unless I'm saturated with scripture. This is why discipleship is very important. When you hear there's a class for discipleship, go and eat God's word. It's going to help you to stop marking time right and you're not going anywhere because unless you start feeding yourself like when you go for lunch today and they give you a plate in your hand and you go sit down and eat the babies of course they're going to help from their parents but most of us here we're going to eat with our own hands we call it the Kenyan style eat with your hands or forks and knives whatever you start eating like the way you eat food we are not growing So I pray that scripture will find you where you are and it's going to do what it needs to do in your life so that verse 17 then can become real, so that the man of God is fully equipped or thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? Because sometimes we think and we fail to understand, we think that we are doing what we are doing because we are good enough now. We are called to walk in Christ so that we can continue what he started. And if as believers we are not continuing what Jesus did, we have no business of being here. Let me say that again. If as believers, if as followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot continue what he started, we have no business of being here. This is not a social club. This is not where we come and sit and feel good. No. This is where we come, get encouragement, and God do what the Master is calling of us to do. Amen. So, if you are thinking I'm going to go to Memorial Baptist High School, Memorial Baptist Church, because they have very good music, they have very good this and that, uh uh that's not why we should be here. You're here to be fully and thoroughly equipped, and I'm sure that is happening, so that you can stand up and be useful in the kingdom of God. Now we're going to read the scripture from the book of First Peter, chapter three, verses three, chapter First Peter one, verse three to nine. And I said, Are you? do you have any hope? What is the hope that you have? Hope is not this wishful thought that when I go to the DPS, I realize that here you have to uh, renew your driver's licenses. Eh? And these days you have to take your birth certificate. You have to take all sorts of stuff. And some of you don't like that. So maybe you're hoping when you're going to renew yours, there won't be a long line there. No, that's not hope. I'm talking about the confidence that you have in God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do regardless of whatever it is because he is God and he doesn't need anything else to be added on him to do what he wanted to do. I'm talking about that hope that I have and this hope is only found in Jesus Christ. It's not being found because I'm a member of a church. It's not being found because I live in Kenya but it's found in Christ Jesus, he has been the foundation of this hope that I'm talking about this morning. So the foundation of this hope that I'm talking about is Christ. And Christ brings something we call the new birth. Each one of us here was born once, correct? When we come to Jesus Christ... This is a new birth because we are coming to a new life. Yes, it's the same Joshua met, but born again because he has faith in Jesus Christ. The old Joel is gone. Amen. Scripture says when we come to Christ, we become new creation, right? Not that I'm better than you, but I'm better than the person I was before I came to Christ. Hope in that new birth that I get in Jesus Christ. So there cannot be any other foundation apart from Christ. Why? Christ went on the cross, died... For sins that he did not do, so that a sinner like me, when I put my faith and trust in him, I can be declared righteous before God. Hmm. Can I save myself? Absolutely not. If I could, Jesus would have died for nothing. So the hope that I have must be grounded in Christ because he's the founder and he's the one who started the salvation that I am swimming in here today. Let me ask you this. How much do you need Jesus? A lot. Mike says a lot. I agree with you. Apart from him, we can do Nothing. Sometimes, I'm sorry, sometimes I get so sick when we get so wrapped up with our stuff and even we, it's like Jesus is like the fifth option. I love Jesus so much, blah, 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 but he doesn't have that first priority in my life. He's like the fifth option. No. Oh. All this stuff we're clinging on to here, brothers and sisters, we're going to leave it here. You better agree with job, even if you don't want to. I came naked, and I'm going to go back naked. You didn't bring nothing here. When my son, Nate, was born, he was born just like that. I was there. And each one of you were born just like that. And when we come to Christ... We need to realize that we need to embrace Jesus Christ because that's the only hope we have if we need to see the kingdom of heaven. Sorry, I didn't come here to tell you Kenya has animals. No, that's not my concern. I'm coming here to tell you about the hope that brings us before God the King and it's founded in Jesus Christ. First Peter 1, 3... He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Because of his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope. Jesus caused you, caused me to be born again. He didn't say the church caused me to be born again. He didn't say, being a member of this place caused me to be born again. But he says, Jesus Christ, that God raised from the dead, he has given me a new birth. And this is the hope that I have. This is the foundation of the hope that I have. What is the future of this hope? Is there anything that I can hope for in the future? Verse 4 answers this question very carefully. Because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, I am going to inherit. <laughs> when your father dies, sorry, my father died. I didn't inherit anything but problems. Didn't hear that. In Kenya, when my when my parents die, I lost one already. My father passed on 2004. I expected to inherit a lot of stuff, of which I did. I'm so thankful, because I have to deal with that. But Scripture says here, I'm going to inherit something that is not perishable. Something that does not fade away. People, I have come to realize, people love their rings, women, necklaces, necklaces, earrings, and all those. So they'll be like, hey, this is, my husband got me this, look at how shiny it is, and all that kind of good stuff. But then as time goes, these things, they fade away. Right? This thing is not as shiny as when Rachel put it here, March 14th, 2009. It's still the same ring, but... It's kind of fading away a little bit. Scripture says, because of my faith in Jesus Christ and this new birth, I'm inheriting. I'm becoming an heir with Christ. Read Galatians 3.29. I'm becoming with heir, with an heir with Christ. And this relationship does not fade away. Verse 4 says, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefied and will not fade away. This is the future of the hope that I have. I'm waiting for a savior who is dead now and not yet. Talk to read about that. I'm waiting for a savior who has already started the process of saving me, but is bringing me into a salvation that will last forever and ever. And it's not dependent on me. It's done. Christ did this many, many years when I was not even not in the face of the earth. When I was still helpless, hopeless. You read the book of Romans. At that right time is when God sent his son to die on the cross... My sins. So when I put faith in Jesus Christ and I have the relations with him, I'm inheriting this salvation which does not fade away. It's not like the piece of land I can inherit from my father and then my brothers can kick me out of it. No. That's the future of my salvation that I'm looking for what is the present then? Does this future that I have has any present? What, is, what am I doing in the present world right now with this future in Christ? I'm enjoying God's protection. Verse 5 says, I'm being protected by the power of God. That's why when I go with Rachel and people say, are you guys safe in Kenya? The best answer I can give is to start laughing. Are you safe here in the United States of America? No. But we are safe in Christ alone. Amen? Are you safe where you are sitting? No. But you are safe in Jesus Christ. Whether you're in Kenya, whether you're in Sinai, whether you're in Temple, Texas, whether you're in El Paso. You're like, do you know what happened? Yes, I know what happened there. But those people that have Jesus Christ with them, the Bible says even if they die, they live. So, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because if you don't have a relationship with him, then you're totally in mess. You don't have no future at all. If Christ has not become a friend of yours, you can't talk to him as your friend. You haven't come to uh, establish a relationship with him Then you have no future, regardless of how your retirement plan looks like, regardless of how your background looks like. Some of us will say, you know, I'm coming from this prominent family here. My future is great. No. The only family that is prominent is the family of God. And the key to this family is through faith in the man Jesus Christ. What does your relationship with Christ look like? This is why I started by saying, I don't know where you are with your walk with Jesus Christ. Because if you haven't come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, it's never too late. It can happen right here, right now. And then you can really join these people that they have a hope for the future. And this is why we tell my Kamili kids, every kid that who comes through our program, we are trying to show you that the real thing that you need, yes, you need to go to school. But what you really need is Jesus Christ because he's going to take you home with me one day and we'll be with God the Father forever. Friends, we can only become friends. What? We can only become friends if we are sailing in the same boat. If we all believe in Christ, then I can say my friends, my brothers and sisters. But if you're still locked outside the relationship with Jesus Christ, you haven't become my friend yet. Because if anything happens here today, Joe, that's it. Those of you who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, we will meet again. Those of you who haven't and will not do it today and anything happens here, like that crazy person who walked in Walmart and did what they did, I'm not here to scare you. I'm telling you the facts. We are all sinners saved by the grace of Jesus Christ alone. And unless we come to Jesus Christ, we are not in the family. So are you willing to be in the family? This is your opportunity. Then you can understand the joy that people talk about. You see them, they're in pain, but they're still so rejoicing because they know even if they die today, the words of Jesus in John 11:25. 25. If I quoted scripture correctly, Lazarus is dead. The two sisters are fighting. If you were here, our brothers could not have died. And Jesus says to one of the sisters, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. This is the hope I'm talking about here. Putting my trust in Jesus Christ so that I can live even when I die. So are you willing to join me in that hope by putting your trust in Christ if you haven't done it already? And if you have to keep trusting and pushing on where you are because you know this Christ who has started the good work in you, he's not going to leave you before he gets you where you need to go. This is why we come, to encourage each other and to challenge each other to continue even more following this Christ. I'll stop there because I can talk to you tomorrow morning. No, I want to save some space for lunch. Thanks, my brother. Give it back to Ridge. I know what he's going to do with it. Blessings, we love you. My Kameli kids, they appreciate everything you do in obedience to God. And we challenge you to do even more. There's one little boy who we were playing and he said, go tell the Texas people to come here and have fun with us. We appreciate that they're giving their money, we are going to school, but can we see them here so that they can eat food with us? And I said, I'm going to take that word to them. So, you got it, my brother. That's all. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You know, we've, we've heard a very challenging word from our brother Rogers, and uh, I don't know what God is doing in your heart today. But, you know, when we hear the word of God, he, he initiates and we respond. And so I want to give you an opportunity to respond I'm going to ask our, our worship team if they will come and, and lead us in another song. And while they're playing this song, if you have a decision you want to make, if God is working on your heart and you um, recognize that your need for him, uh, maybe uh, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, uh, if that's you this morning, I would love to introduce you to my best friend. Maybe you're here and, you know, you're, you're a believer, but you're not plugged in anywhere, And maybe you've wandered away. Uh, If you're looking for a a church home, this is a good one. And um, I I guarantee you that God takes care of his children. There are no homeless children of God. And so uh, if you're looking for a church home, this is a good one. And maybe you're here and you just um, recognize um, there's something in your life that that you need prayer for or want to pray about. I invite you to come. You know, it's an amazing thing that God does in and through his body. We've heard a good word today. We've heard a word that we've said amen to. And now we need to live that out. And um, so respond as you feel and sense the Holy Spirit leading you this morning. Uh, Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit even now would examine our hearts. And Father, in this moment... In this time, Father, that that you would draw us to yourself. Father, that all of the distractions that would distract us would fade into the distance. And Father, it would just be us and you. And God, in that moment, that, that we would respond to you and to your word. Father, your word will never fail. Father, your word accomplishes it. the the purpose for which you send it. Father, it's not on your end, it's on our end that we fall short. So I pray, Father, that today your Holy Spirit would show us where we need more of you, where we need to respond to you. And it's at that point of need, Father, that we would respond with our whole heart. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Rogers, sharing your word. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Guide us as we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen.